the book of Zechariah chapter 4, and we're going to start reading tonight with verse 8, but we have a word here at the beginning of this verse, moreover. So this connects us to the previous passages of scripture that we've read here in chapter 4, and I like what we often say, and we heard while Brother Bill was here, they didn't originally have chapter divisions in any of these Bibles, but we're thankful that it makes it much easier. Now, there's one person I know of in Scripture that was able to turn to the 53rd, or not the 53rd, the 60th chapter of the book of Isaiah and read it and knew where he was. But we, it's interesting to find out that uh, for years there was no chapter divisions. I'm thankful for the translators that put it there. Well, in chapter uh, 4 of the book of Zechariah and verse 8, Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The word of the Lord. Moreover, that means uh, uh, as a further matter, as a, as a besides or in addition, or what more can we say? So we have moreover the word of the Lord. Now, I am just always reminded when I go to the scriptures, and I need to be reminded, and I need to be reminded often of this very fact that this is the word of the Lord, that this is God's word. And sometimes I pick it up and start reading and I, I kind of lose the touch that this is God's word and I should never do that. The flesh, the spirit says, this is God's holy word. And it means something, particularly as we're reading through here and it's declaring the glory of Christ, the glory of his being, the glory of his person, the glory of his work. And we find that there in chapter, verse 6, it's not by might, and we need to remember that, nor by uh, power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So this word comes to us and it reveals to us that every spiritual blessing is in Christ and we're not the maker of it, he's the giver of it. We also find that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. For eternity, we're going to be hearing the word of the Lord. We're going to hear, hear the word of God. And our response to that will be, worthy is the lamb that was slain. The, the grace that will be revealed in us being in the presence of the Lord. The grace that will be revealed when we see his hands and his feet and his side. That he would pay that price to redeem a people like us. The halt, the main, main the ring, strength, the speckled, the odd. Those that had no hope at all. And yet he by his grace has chosen a people in Christ before the foundation of the world. And he gives that people an inclination in the regeneration of their very soul to desire the milk of the word and to know that this is the word of God. Well, there are 13 times in the book of Zechariah alone that these words are used. The word of the Lord. And it's interesting when we go back to the book of Ezekiel, 60 times in that book, it is shared with us, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. The word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord comes to us here in the book of Zechariah as the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed to us 255 times in the Old Testament alone. The word of the Lord came. And there, we, I didn't check the word of God how many times that's mentioned, but all of those just give us the very present uh, 
instruction that this is God's word and it means something and the church holds it dearly and we love the word of God and we love to hear the word of God and there's a clear sound about the word of God that is soon picked up if it's not the word of God. If it's not the truth of the gospel, it's soon picked up by God's people. Now, uh, we find in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, that it was by the word of his power that everything was created. By the word of his Just turn over there to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, would you? Hebrews, chapter 1, and there in verse uh, 3. Hebrews, chapter 1, and verse 3, we have these wonderful words of the Lord Jesus I, uh, I remember that message we heard from Brother Lance, the last prophet. <laughs> here he is, the last prophet, the Lord Jesus. He said here in verse 3, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Now that's the same word that we're reading here in the book of Zechariah. The word of his power. By his, wor- by his word he created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to say, when he had by himself purged our sins. It's been some time since I've been visiting with someone that doesn't believe that Jesus Christ purged all sin. I visited with him today. He either purged all the sins of all people or purged some of the sins of all people or purged all the sins of his people. Now that's what we have to boil it down to. And if he only, if he purged the sins of all people and people go to hell as a result of it, he didn't do a very good job. He is an utter failure. And we know that he is not a failure. He's omnipotent. He has all power. So he was able to save his people from their sins. And I I like that. The more and more that we study about that, we find out that that's a present state of life. It's a present uh, blessing that God has given. We have been, he has purged our sins. <laughs> Though I'm a sinner, he's purged my sins. And that means I will not stand in jeopardy as a result of them. He's taken that. Well, he goes on to say, he's purged our sins, set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. But by the word of his power, he upholdeth all things. He upholds the church by the word of his power. He upholds the saints by the word of his power. He upholds the earth, the worlds, the stars by the word of his power. What power that is. And then would you look at with me in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 as we think about the word of God. This word, this is the only thing that can crack a nut. (laughs) This is the only thing that can break the rock to pieces. This is the only thing that is like a fire, is the word of God. And it may look like it's running like water off a duck's back. But God can take that word and apply it in such a way that we truly go through the valley of the shadow of death. And he gives us life, the new birth. Well, here in the Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, it says, for the word of God is quick. Now that word is used over in the book of Ephesians. He hath quickened us. It's living. It's a living word. Now we don't think of it that that way very often, but when it strikes a person's spirit, it's a living word. 
When someone hears the real truth of God's word, they will never, ever, ever be the same. When they hear the truth of the gospel, they will never, ever be the same. They will either be turned to God or they'll be turned away from God, but they will never be the same. Now, this false gospel that's being preached, that's been preached since the days of Cain, that I can approach God by my own hands and by my own works and by my own doings. There is no hope in that whatsoever. But there is hope in the word of God because it is living word. It, and he is a living Christ. He is the word and is powerful. Don't ever underestimate the power of God. We don't have a quote unquote invitation here because Christ is the powerful invitation. He is able to take care of business that we can't take care of. The, the form of religion doesn't take care of it, but Christ takes care of salvation. He takes care of keeping. He takes care of revelation. He takes care of all of those things. He takes care of faith. He takes care of repentance. He takes care of all of those things that we are in so desperate need of. And he doesn't falter. He doesn't fail on any of it. He doesn't go halfway. And so this word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it pierces to where we can't go. It is sent where we can't go. So we're just thankful that this word is quick and powerful. It's able to do uh, way beyond what we, what we think it will do. But it is able to do that. So this word... now. Look here in verse 9 of the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, if you would. Verse 9. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. Now, we've looked at Zerubbabel in the past, and he's the governor of those folks that left Babylon under Cyrus the king. He sent back to Jerusalem. He sent back there to Judah, and he was given the uh, command to rebuild the temple. That was the intention of God. And God gave that intention to Cyrus. Go back and build that temple. Now, we're going to find out that that temple was not quite what the one Solomon built was. And there's going to be some people that are going to complain about that some. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But uh, this Zerubbabel was in charge of rebuilding the temple. He's in charge of laying the foundation. And he's in charge of building the temple. And we find here a beautiful picture of the one who truly is able to build his church. Zerubbabel was commanded to do that. In the covenant of grace, our Savior was commanded to do that. And he already had all of the material set aside beforehand. Do we find that about the temple? Yes. All that material was set aside beforehand. It was over there, those great timber cedars of Lebanon were prepared ahead of time. And when they got the stones and all of that material down to the side of the temple, you couldn't hear the sound of a saw or a hammer. Why? Because there is no human work in building the church. It's built by Christ. There is no sound of a hammer. There is no sound of a saw in the building of the church because the Lord adds daily to the church such as should be saved. And we delight in that, such as should be 
saved. It's his business. So all we do, as Paul brings out, one man waters or plants, another man waters, but God does all the construction work. He causes it to grow. Well, this Zerubbabel, there in verse verse 9, these are the words of the Lord of Zechariah. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. Now before we go much further, we just want to say a couple of words about that name, Lord of hosts. This, we are talking about God Almighty here. This is the sovereign God. This is the God Almighty. This is the God that Nebuchadnezzar spoke of after he came out of his stupor of seven years. This is the Lord of hosts. This is the one that has his rule in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand. This is the Lord that could add daily to the church such as should be saved because he is almighty. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of armies. This is the one that can send his word where he needs it to be sent. This is the one that can place his preachers where they need to be placed. This is the one that can send the missionaries where they need to be. This is the sovereign Lord of all his people, wherever they are, whatever kindred, whatever people, whatever tribe, wherever they're located, this is the one that can get the word to where it needs to be. And he does exactly that. He is the one that lays the foundation, and he's also the one that lays all the stones and builds all the walls of this, of this uh, uh, temple of the church. Zerubbabel was used to build this temple. Uh, go back with me to the book of Ezra. Ezra. I, I wish these two books were closer, but you know where Ezra is. It's that one that falls open so easy now. <laughs> Over there in the book of Ezra, we find in Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3. This Zerubbabel was given the responsibility. And what a wonderful picture we have of our Savior. What a wonderful picture we have of our Lord here. The one who is in command to save his people from their sins. His name signifies that. Shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. I just say thank you on that. All of them. Save us from all of them. Ezra chapter 3 verse 8. The scripture says, Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem. In the second month began Zerubbabel, the son of Shutiel, and Joshua, the son of Joshadek, and the remnant of their brethren, and the priests, and the Levites, and all they that came out of captivity unto Jerusalem, and, the appointed, uh, and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Command determined ahead of time. The command went out. They traveled all that distance to get there, but all that distance, you know, the Lord always knew what he's doing here. The Lord knew in the council halls of eternity, knew what he was going to do. He knew that he would be the lamb slain, and he knew from birth what he was going to do. In fact, before birth, he knew what he was going to do. And the psalmist says, he did make me hope on my mother's breast. This God knew what he was going to do. He knew that he must give his life a ransom, full payment for. 
He must give his life a ransom for many. And so here we read on in Ezra chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. My goodness, can you just hear the glad tidings that went out when they heard that that, that foundation was laid and the construction began? Now, we find out also that there was lots of hindrances to the building of this temple. The outsiders tried to stop it, and they did for a season. You know, it's been brought out in that passage of Scripture of the, of the uh, parable of the sower. There's a lot of hindrances mentioned in that parable. But the seed always works in the good ground. There is no stagnation there. There is no rocks there. There is no thistles there. There is nothing to hinder the production that God intends. So even while they're at rest, the work continues to go on. They knew in their heart it must go on. They planned it to go on. And when the right time came, it continued on. But here, Zerubbabel is in charge of this. Turn with me back to the book of Zechariah, if you would, to chapter 6. This passage speaks volumes of the true builder of the temple. Here we have Zerubbabel as a picture and a type and a shadow. Over in the book of 1 Corinthians, it talks about these things were done for our examples. I realized this afternoon that that word is type. These things were done as a type. A picture, a shadow. These, all these things were done as a type. Now, God saved his people in this period of time, just like he saves his people in our day. But these things happen for examples or types, pictures for us to look at and see the glory of Christ in them. Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12. Zechariah chapter 6 and verse 12. And speak ye unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts. Here's that one that is in charge of the armies of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say, what doest thou? You know, we see people come here and go and they don't come back and we wonder, I never worry about them because the Holy Spirit is bigger than both of us. The Holy Spirit can take the word that they heard 30 years ago. He's not crippled like we are. God doesn't worry like we do. God doesn't wonder if the right thing was done like we do. He knows it was done according to His eternal and everlasting purpose. How many times did Saul of Tarsus hear the word before God brought him to his knees on the road to Damascus? I don't know. But I, I just don't worry about Saul of Tarsus. Because we read, the Lord met him on the road to Damascus. That word was brought home to him. 
Well, here in the book of Zechariah, chapter 6, verse 12, it says, And he speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the, and if your Bible is like mine, it's about four or five times larger branch than normal, capitals, they are sharing with us, the translators are sharing with us that this is really an important branch. This is the branch, the branch. And he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. My goodness, this is sharing with us some great information that's been a blessing to those saints in that day and time as it is to us in this day and time. There's someone coming, as we read Zechariah in that period of time, someone's coming, and he's going to build the temple. And it won't be that temple over there. And it won't be the temple that they're trying to build over there. It's the temple which is called the church. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's how secure it is. Well, he goes on here in verse 13 says, Even he shall build the temple of the Lord and he shall bear the glory and shall sit in and rule upon his throne and he shall be a priest upon his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both. Now, there's enough in that verse of Scripture to spend a year on. (laughs) Did you notice that? He shall build a temple, he shall bear the glory, and sit and rule upon his throne, and he shall be a priest upon his throne. Several things are brought out about this branch, about the Lord Jesus Christ with regard to his church, that he is going to be the church's builder, he's going to be the church's a priest. He's going to be the glory of the church. He is going to be the peace of the church. He is going to be all and in all. Everything the church needs is supplied by this one, as he's called here, the branch. Turn with me if you would. I mentioned this, but turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, we have these words given by the Lord. Now, If we look at the original, when the Lord calls Peter a rock, it's a pebble. That's what that word means. And this rock that he's talking about here that the church will be built on is a rock like Gibraltar. So there's a lot of difference. He's not saying he's going to build a church on Peter. He's saying, Peter, you're a small rock. We're not going to have to worry about you taking this task. The task will be taken on by the true Zerubbabel. The task will be taken on by the branch. The task will be taken on by the Lord. The task will be taken on by the Messiah. The task will be taken on by God Almighty. And here in Matthew chapter 16, and verse 18, it says, And I say unto thee, well, let's back up because that, that's so much there. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And we know what that refers to, Peter's confession. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Lord Jesus states right away that this is not of you, but it is of God. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he goes on to say, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, Verse 18, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter. Peter means is Petros, a small rock. And upon this rock, now this is a big rock. Put a capital R, capital O, capital C, capital K. Upon this rock, 
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know another verse that just fits right here? He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the builder of the church. When the last one is saved, he's going to be called the finisher of the church. He's the one that gives the he's the one that gives faith. He's the one that gives all peace, hope. He's the priest of the church. He's the light of the church. He is everything to the church, and we bow down and worship him with pleasantness. Turn with me back to the book of Isaiah, but keep your finger here in Matthew because we want to come back to Ephesians in just a moment. But in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, excuse me, Isaiah 28, Isaiah 28, I apologize. Isaiah 28 and verse 16. This verse is quoted in the New Testament. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. How many times does he emphasize the blessings of that foundation? I lay it. I lay it as a foundation. I lay it as a foundation stone. It's a tried stone. It's a precious cornerstone. A sure foundation. He that believeth on him will not be found short. He that believeth on him. This is all our salvation. And this is all our hope. What, what a wonderful blessing. What a picture we have in the book of Zechariah about laying that building that temple when it speaks so highly of the one who truly builds the temple, the Lord himself. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What does that mean to the church? It's secure. I'll always appreciate Brother Mahan when he said, I never argue over once saved, always saved. I just simply ask, it depends on who saved you. If the Lord saved you, you're secure. If you saved yourself, I'd worry about it. <laughs> there is no security there. Well, turn with me over to the book of Ephesians now. Ephesians chapter 2. As we look at this foundation, this foundation stone, this blessed foundation stone, we look at Zerubbabel, the governor, chosen by the king to go build the temple. We find, find out that that temple was going to have more glory than the original temple. It looks, for lack of better words, it's more homely. There isn't near as much glitter or gold. They build it with care, but they don't have the material that Solomon had or didn't use the material that Solomon had. How could it be better than the previous temple? Well, this temple was going to witness the temple. This temple is where Jesus went. This temple is where Christ went and talked to a lot of people. This is the temple. So it is actually going to have more glory. The Lord of glory is going to visit this temple. Doesn't, and those disciples, you remember what the disciples said? 
Look at this beautiful building. The glory of the building. Well, thank God that after we're saved, and I'm not saying they weren't, they just didn't have full revelation yet. <laughs> they didn't realize that the Lord was going to go to the, to the cross. They tried to prevent it. But after it was all taken place and they, he came out of the tomb, they understood what he was talking about. But they looked at the glory of this temple. And he says, destroy this temple in three days. I'll raise it again. Speaking of the temple of his body. That's the glorious temple. Well, here in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. What a glorious follow, follow up from Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 2 is a wonderful follow-up. If, if we don't have some understanding of Ephesians chapter 1, we'll be out of place in Ephesians chapter 2 because we're going to be trying to do all the work. In Ephesians chapter 1, all the work's done by God. Just let it go the rest of the way then. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, as the Apostle Paul was led by the Holy Spirit to write and share this wonderful passage of Scripture, it says, Now therefore... Ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. That's one place that everybody is absolutely equal. <coughs> there is no restraint to equality in the church. In fact, we find that the Apostle Paul brings up, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male or female, or bond or free in the church. The ground is flat at the cross. We're all under the blood. That's so important. The perfection of the saints is through the shed blood of Christ. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, and we read there in verse uh, uh, 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. What wonderful statement is made here about the church, that it's the habitation of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ blessing to us, the hope of glory. And then, how firm is the church's position? How firm is... Now that temple fell again, 80, 70, dismantled again, never ever to be rebuilt. If they put up a building over there, that's not going to be the temple. They may call it the temple, and I don't know what natural man's going to do. Uh, the more we see of natural man, the more we can say, I don't know the depths of them departing from God. But if they build a temple over there, they call it a temple over there, it's not the temple that God has. That temple was destroyed in AD 70, not to be ever used again. For one reason, when that temple's veil was rent in twain, they went and sewed that thing back together and continued animal sacrifices when the sacrifice was over. Jesus Christ he put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. There was no need for any more of that. And to have the idea that these theologians have that they're going to restart animal sacrifices during a millennium, that is just, it's beyond comprehension that they'd even say that, but they will. Well, 
Turn with me back to the Psalms, if you would. Psalm 125. Psalm 125. How firm is the church's position. Here in Psalm 125, read this with me. Psalm 125 and verse 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. Psalm 125, verse 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forevermore. Why is it going to be staying? Why is it going to be permanent? Because the Lord is protecting it, and he is the Lord of hosts, the Lord God Almighty. He has the ability of protecting his sheep. It's amazing. I brought this up several times. It's amazing what Judas did, and the Lord didn't even get involved in it because he went the way it was purposed, and what Peter and the rest of the disciples did, and the Lord says, peace be unto you, and he met him the first time. There's a grave difference between being on the right-hand side and the left-hand side. Welcome to the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You're not on slippery places. You're on the sure foundation. I will see you through. The other side, you, I know you tried and you tried and tried, but depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. All right. And then turn with me over to the book of John chapter 10. John chapter 10. This temple that Zerubbabel is pictured building, he actually built it. He was used to build that temple. They had services at it again. They rebuilt it. They put the altar where it was originally. They started having their sacrifices. It's not going to be very long that they're going to have, uh, as we read in the book of Ezra, they had the Passover again. They observed it. They went through all of this. And it was just in preparation to get down to the Lord Jesus Christ. The years that passed, he's going to be there and he's going to visit and he's going to preach. And what does he preach? Oh, that's the right way to go. No, I'm the Lamb of God. That's a picture. I am him of whom the Bible tells you about. Here in the book of John chapter, John chapter 10, John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And this is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and since he's the Lord God omnipotent, what he says he is able to do. We may sometimes feel like we're not, but if we're his, we are always saved by the grace of God. In the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. And there in verse 33. Who shall lay anything? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? God's already justified them. There can't be any charges brought against them. 
The law can bring no charges against them. If the law can't bring charges against them, nobody else can. The law was fulfilled by Christ and his righteousness has been imputed to his people. Now, just another thought before we leave this passage of Scripture for tonight. And that's over in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10. Would you look at that for just a moment with me? Because there's some really important things brought out in this passage of Scripture. As it, we follow not by power, there in chapter 4 and verse 6 it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now in verse 10, For who hath despised the day of small things? There's a lot of people had a lot of trouble. They despised the very building of that temple. The enemy despised it, and a whole bunch of Jews despised it because it didn't look like the first one. Some of those guys remembered. And you know, if you can remember something, you know what you're going to pass it on if it doesn't look like the old one? This is really ugly. You ought to have been here when that other one was here. So they despised it's smaller. They despised the day of small things. You know, as we carry this through the scriptures, we find that there is a lot said about small things in the Bible. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 has a lot to say about things we cannot comprehend. They're just small things. God said here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and beginning with verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren... How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the small things, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world... The things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Why? Right over here in the book of Zechariah brings out the same passage. Right here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 29. Why does he use the small things? Why does he use the insignificant things? Why does he use the foolish things? Why does he use the despised things? Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh. We will never say, I contributed <coughs> to my salvation. Jesus Christ is all my hope and all my trust. His blood and righteousness is all. Nothing else needs to be added. Over there in the book of 1 Kings, there was a prophet that ran from a, from a, a queen, hid himself. You know, it says there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. You know, today people say, well, that, that group over there, they must have the truth. Look how big they are. And look at all the noise they're making. Well, it says there in the book of 1 Kings, 
He's not in the earthquake. Then it says there was a fire. He's not in the fire. He's not in the noise. Uh, if you've ever had to work on engines, you find out that the engine that's not making a lot of noise is probably going to be the better than the one that's making lots of noise. Well, anyway, what's it say over there? What came to that prophet? A still, small voice. Shivered his timbers. <laughs> I pray for still, small voices. Spirit speaking. A still, small voice came. Just as we read over there in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. How can people that are dead be raised from the dead? Not by might, not by power. But by my power, saith the Lord. So, Zechariah is teaching us the gospel. The gospel of God's free grace. That he's going to build the temple. He's the builder. We're just the wood. We're just the stone. Placed just exactly where he wants us. And we will not be boasting in what we have done. We'll not be bragging in what we have done, but we'll be bragging in him as John did. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. I point you to him and him alone. We're going to stop there for tonight and we'll pick up this verse 10 because there's more in that. If you'll notice where they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel, with those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. We'll look at that next time.